Welcome to On The Couch with James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode 53 for the 16th of August, 2007. James, it's a pleasure to be back on the couch. And also with you, Ian, as well. Was it Couch 53 now? 53. Wow. You've had a holiday last week. Where did you go? Somewhere interesting? I went somewhere sunny, to sunny Spain. Fantastic. Didn't really watch any television, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> <laughs> Neither did I connect to the internet. Uh, You're looking nice and tanned, though. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. You have a nice uh, fluorescent glow about you as well. <laughs> um, so I don't have much UK news, although I did... Uh, pick up a little snippet or two mm-hmm. uh, we're going to obviously follow our standard format which is uh, uk news international news bit of content stuff bit of iptv bit of mobile then some gaming and then some other wacky stuff indeed of which there is a full complement this week of wacky stuff or just stuff stuff <laughs> <laughs> um, all right so what's happening in the uk uh well the iplayer uh which have you had a go at the iplayer i haven't i've actually finally found the link to actually download it because oh, okay. um I went to all the, went to the BBC news site and tried to find you know put an iPlayer into the yep. BBC news site, put iPlayer into Google, and uh, try as you might, you can find lots of news articles about using iPlayer, but, but you can't actually find the link oh, to download okay. it. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, I I've downloaded it and had a little go. Very mm-hmm. very slow, I must admit. <laughs> uh, obviously, not enough peers to do right because you, d- you download it first before playing, don't you? You download right? it and there's a there's uh, at least two. Uh, applications it comes down with there's the player and then there's mm-hmm. a background downloader right which i think manages the peer-to-peer stuff and uh i forget the name of the company the bbc is using to do the goip stuff to stop people getting it from overseas uh-huh. and to do the peer-to-peer stuff but i'm um, sure one of our listeners will remind us um but that downloads a separate application i did download an episode of i think little britain in australia um, and did it work it did work took a long time the picture quality was kind of okay um mm-hmm. Not bad, but uh, there's been a few protests, obviously, because it's one well, number one. It's uh, Windows only and not Vista, I believe. Yeah, not even um, Vista. But uh, I had a look. Have you seen the um, fake Steve Jobs? Fake Steve dot com. No. I've seen the blog. You've yes. probably heard of referenced it, but yeah. there was some guys dressed in yellow suits standing outside the BBC saying, "This is a you know." <laughs> BBC Bills Broadcasting Corruption Club or something, <laughs> saying this is off. Obviously, they were. They weren't in penguin suits, but they might as well have been. Um, it is quite surprising the BBC's gone with a solution that is only Windows. I mean... Yeah. Uh, well, but then nobody ever got fired for choosing Bill's products. That's true. So, uh, and it's there and it works and... It, do, it does seem to work. Um, and they can obviously, I guess part of the ownership stuff, they have to make sure people can't get it outside the UK, which mm-hmm. I'm sure people can spoof if it's just mm-hmm. an on IP stuff. They need to make sure that you only have like a seven-day rental period. Right. And then it stops, so... It, the content ages quite quickly. I think you can watch it as much as you like, but after that time, it stops. yeah, it seems like a long time to get it. Um, but that's not the story. Well, the story is that the ISPs in the UK have uh, stuck their hands up and said, "How about some cash? Because we're actually delivering this content to uh, our customers Indeed. on behalf of you, Mr. This BBC." A bit like net neutrality to me, <laughs> or, or lack of neutrality. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, the argument is that. Uh, they're forking out for the bandwidth costs and the BBC gets free distribution. Free ride, yeah. Uh, which is about what you could say about anyone that's delivering content over the internet, really. But mm. in terms of this particular case, uh, the BBC has a stack load of content and uh, presuming it gets very popular, it could actually affect 
uh, the well, ability for ISPs to deliver data to normal customers. Well, we already know that ISPs do kind of rate shaping on BitTorrent, which I guess uses mm-hmm. specific port numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure this BBC iPlayer uses specific ports as well to get the content over or something like that. So I'm pretty certain that, uh, like in the UK, British Telecom, who I think owns still the majority of the the last mile delivery, mm-hmm. um, will be uh, who runs their own competing IPTV service. Um, what do you reckon they could have <laughs> something to do with but it? They, they do have some catch-up services, but they don't have the BBCs yet. They have 4OD, and that uses oh, Microsoft right. stuff as well. Yes. Um, but there you have to pay for it. The BBCs is free. So uh. I would imagine there's got to be something commercially involved here with Microsoft where there must be some not paper use or paper in code or something. It's not just a... Well, you can't imagine... Because you're not paying for the... I mean, are you paying a royalty for the client? Or, you know, there has to be some commercial model involved here for using the DRM. Mm. And I would imagine it's not going to be on a per-content encrypted. It's got to be on a per-use or something like that. But this yeah, is a free it, service. You don't it pay could for be, it. It could be like have millions of uses. It's yeah. bankrupt the BBC. But you don't pay for it. You see, it comes out of your license fee. So they must have a budget, which means if it yes, were really popular, BBC it would burn the budget. It. Yes, exactly. So it's a bit, you know, let's, let's hope it's not too popular. Otherwise, they'll have to turn off normal TV. Um, (laughs) anywho that's enough UK news Um, what else is going on internationally well Um, a couple of things internationally I guess uh, something that struck me is that we're actually seeing digital switch off already right Uh, for example in Finland uh, the uh, the head of Finland's TV 2007 project group Uh his first name is Torno and his second name I think is Ajala but uh, he, it has too many of those little umlaut dot things over the letters for me to be absolutely sure with my lack of a European pronunciation. It's like, a, like a karaoke song, isn't it? With a bouncing <laughs> ball, but there's bouncing balls over every letter of his name. It's a great name. Uh, he's warned that between 20,000 and 40,000 households will lose television reception on September 9 they don't if they get don't a get a digital TV decoder. So they're presumably already in that point of switching off analog TV. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't sound like... A lot of people compared. What's the population of P- Finland anyway? Um, couple of moose. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. There's there's quite a few people there, but not that many at the end of the day. Mm. Um, well, I'm going to be in Helsinki on the weekend, so I'll check it out for. Well, for if real. you can say at the end of July, 73 percent of households had upgraded to digital TV. So okay, so that's 25. That, that, that means there's only 100,000 people in the <laughs> <laughs> <can't be> right? <laughs> it's good for, that's households, though, but then maybe ah, okay. there's, you know, four per household. So, um, and there's there's cable there. have got a... Um, there's ah, okay. 1.2 million cable households. Right. So, so I, they, they don't have to go digital. They can stay analog. They can stay analog because they're on the cable, because they're not using... But that seems to be... Spectrum. Well, because the cable company presumably doesn't have enough money to fork out to give everyone a cable box. That's a lot of cable. I mean, they must already have a cable box if it's if it'll be an analog one. Analog one. Yeah, but that's cool because it's not using radio spectrum, which is what we're trying to switch off. That's a lot of cable households in Finland, isn't it? But I think they're mostly cable in Finland. I mean, Finland has like massive uh, broadband and cable penetration. Yeah, I think because it's dark for most of the year. Indeed, nothing else to do except watch TV. (laughs) That's right. So the digital crunch is coming already. Yeah. Wow. Um, So it's not UK isn't first. I suppose that's that's something. That's Whitehaven is still, still in the news, though, in the UK. Mm. So, um, also a bit of news in the sort of DVR patent disputes in the US mm-hmm. with um, uh, EchoStar, who's uh, one of the largest DTH operators in the world, in, in North right. America. 
Um, they've been doing some stuff and, and lawsuits, I guess, back and forth with TiVo mm. um, about the, what's the, they call it the, um, there's, there's a name for the patent, which again, my brain has gone. It's, <laughs> it's like the time warp, digital time warp That's patent right. or something. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was a dispute and I think, I don't know, what, what's the latest story here on um, who's winning in this action? In this particular case, Echo Stars actually had a win, which is about mm-hmm. time Echo Stars had a few, a few knocks of late. Um, and uh, I think it's f- the company called Forgent who actually owns the, act- the you know the, the patent for real, right? And the judge denied uh, a motion by Forgent, uh, who are a scheduling and asset management software provider, right? You know, and uh, for a new trial, and awarded EchoStar ninety thousand dollars in court costs. Mm-hmm. Interesting that Directv and a number of other cable companies had settled with Forgent for twenty eight million before. This trial went ahead, so I guess they'll be knocking at the door saying, uh, hang on a tick, uh, might might uh, want my money back there. Well, and it's now exercise now the third largest pay TV behind Comcast and DirecTV with right. 13.9 million subscribers. It's not doing too badly. Um, so it was kind of mixed in with this is coming out from the sort of quarterly uh, earnings report from Echostar about saying mm-hmm. how, you know, they shouldn't worry about TiVo. All these things go ahead, and I guess when you get big and successful, you know, the patent lawyers turn up and start saying, yep. hey, you know, you've infringed this, so, you know, give us some money, and uh, clearly Echostar aren't willing to bend, which is uh, good for them, I suppose. So, um, you also want to talk a little bit about um, IBC, the mm. International Broadcast Conference, which is happening in, in Amsterdam September. in September, uh, which we'll both be there. Um, hopefully do a podcast there in a couple of weeks' time. Indeed, and I guess, uh, you know, we wanted to have a look at the themes that uh, IBC themselves, at least in terms of the conference there, mm-hmm. uh, was trying to predict are the hot topics, and they're saying that mobile TV and IPTV are the things that uh, uh, where it's happening. Which is interesting, because last week we talked about how uh, in the UK, mobile TV is taking a bit of a dive, <laughs> and everyone's right. been switching it off. Um, yep. Which is interesting, because uh, I was actually discussing the, the lobster phone uh, with someone at IBC last year, he was saying, ah, oh, you know, this is coming, and it's going to be great, and, you know, we'll see mm-hmm. how what the take-up's like, and now we've seen what the take-up's like, so, I don't know, I think... Um, but I guess in the UK, these were, to be honest, like 2.5G and 3G solutions, they weren't yes. broadcast television as we know it, it's more point-to-point stuff. Yeah, so, I still and, think and saturation was being reached if you had too many people trying to listen true. at the same time, and the networks aren't very mature, but there is going to be a focus on IPTV and mobile. Mm. Um so that's where they seem to think that um, the focus is. And certainly the new technology stuff seems to be more focused on on uh, portable TV and mm. IPTV and the challenges that are associated with delivering television over those means. And I'm sure the iPhone will be fresh on everyone's ears and someone's bound to stand up and hold one in their hand or something. <laughs> and everyone right. will go, oh, iPhone. Um, so we'll see what happens at IBC. We'll mm-hmm. be reporting from there. Very exciting. Um, I watched a Blu-ray movie last night, actually. I watched um, fantastic. Nicolas Cage, the Ghost Rider one. Have you seen that? I think I saw that on the back of a plane seat yeah, on the way. Somewhere. Best place to see it, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bother with the idea. There's lots of gratuitous HD kind of look at the scenery. All right. Right. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Shame okay. about the story. Um, so, s- stick with the comics. Content wise, uh, Blu ray. Did you rate the picture, though? It's good enough. <laughs> it's good enough. <laughs> well, so I'm not watching at 1080p, you see. I'm watching 720p, but my projector's down converting from 1080p to 720p. So it's clearly, well, I say clearly better than DVD, but unless you have two large screens side by side, <laughs> look at this one and look at, you know, it's, it's not really like that. Mm. Um, and you're watching that through your PlayStation 3, 3 yeah, is that right? Yeah. 
That's interesting because the article here we have is that uh, two in five owners of the PS3, at least in the US, don't know that it's got a Blu-ray drive inside it and don't know that you can play high-def movies. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Is it not particularly advertised on the box or is it not clear that... I mean, doesn't say, but you don't. I mean, you don't get a remote. You don't way. get a remote control with it. You have to buy for an extra oh, really? twenty pounds in the UK, twenty bucks in the US, <laughs> a a Bluetooth remote, which right. because otherwise it's not intuitive. Really, think it's a games machine, right? Yeah, yeah. Or maybe it depends which demographic have bought it. If you're a kid or something, maybe you mm. just bought it for the games and have mm. gone, oh, games aren't very good. Um, so how do you how do you control it with a one of the controllers? Does it still work? Yeah, yeah. Just you use um, you know, like you've got a PlayStation Portable. Same, same deal. Same you can play media with that. Okay. So I guess it's a, in pretty it's much the same interface. Um, but then a lot of people in the US don't know what HD is. They think a big TV is HD. So oh, it is, isn't it? <laughs> not Uh-oh. necessarily. Um, and the the funny thing here is, you know, if you think stupid PS3 customers more money than cents, apparently Xbox <laughs> 360 owners polled even worse. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> and only 30% of them didn't know that they could uh, play HD. Obviously, they need to get a plug-in HD yes. DVD player, but very few people knew about it. Hmm. Um, I'm quite happy with my Blu-ray player, especially as it plays DVDs as well. But the, my biggest oh, bugbear is it's, it doesn't play... It's, it's region-specific DVD, oh. but it's region-free Blu-ray. Okay. So because um, there are no regions I think with Blu-ray that's one of the distinctions well that's uh, nice I wonder why they did that I wonder, um, why they, or I wonder why they didn't put regions in it seems strange I guess because now DVD time's moved on since DVD came around and now movies are moving towards simultaneous release globally that's pretty true. much um, and also maybe that's catching up on the, the piracy side of the business mm. where if you don't release on the same day you'll maybe make less money because it'll be out on the streets of uh, yep. Kuala Lumpur before you yep. can say Oop, someone stole my movie. <laughs> um, so, Universal. Universal, that big music group. Uh, we were talking earlier that they might not be renewing their contract with iTunes. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, they've gone so, done, done something slightly different to that. They're actually going to be releasing uh, DRM-free music. Uh, but they're not going to be doing it through iTunes. They'll be doing it through other online retailers like Real Networks, Walmart, Amazon.com, Google, and a bunch of others. Uh, It's a kind of bit of a trial to see if they can sell DRM-free music. Uh, So they put a bit of a time limit on it till about January next year, I think, to see how... You can't put a time limit on it, can you? Well, once you've sold it, yeah, it's true. They're going to only sell, they're going to try it for a bit, I suppose. And I suppose that's... Because, I mean, I've been reading things about, you know, iTunes in Europe is the, the number one portal for buying music, and it is just such a powerful force. Yes, that Universal doesn't want to be tied into a single platform. Mm-hmm. So maybe this, they're trying to do this to get leverage. They're, they're yeah. not pulling their content from iTunes, but they're not allowing DRM-free stuff right. on iTunes. like EMI um, is. And they're selling it for 99 cents, which is a dollar, uh, sorry, yeah. 30 cents cheaper than the DRM-free music you can yeah. get on But it Apple. is really a free trial or experiment because it's, mm. as they've said, it, it excludes the, the largest download service on the planet. <laughs> it's, it's, it's right. everywhere else. Um, That's right. And if judging by the people who own PS3s and H uh, and Xboxes, a lot of people just won't even know it's there because they'll mm. their default access for music will be through um, through iTunes. So um, mm, interesting. And there's no details as well about the how much uh, I know on iTunes the DRM free stuff is a higher bit rate. Yes, um, it doesn't say about the bit rate at all. Does so it doesn't it? mention anything about that. So no. it could just be lousy could be good who knows but it's cheaper I suppose so mm. that might drive people going towards it so while we're talking about content uh, we have an article about how uh, a study has found that the primary role of the internet is shifting from communications to content which I think is 
fascinating that uh, we're moving from a world where we use the internet for email and for getting in touch and finding out information mm-hmm. to uh, using it as a mechanism by which we get video and audio and other forms of content. So the article says. You know, I guess the social networking stuff is all look at my stuff, isn't it? And I suppose that's more about sharing your mm. user-generated content. Mm-hmm. I mean, in our sister podcast, Digital Vision, there was talk about um, how the, the world is changing from creating your own stuff, the mashups, mm-hmm. um, and user-generated content as well. So you clearly need a means to, to share that. Mm. Um, but equally, maybe, I mean, the internet, I guess the internet is a communication medium. The content is... Something stored on top of that stored medium, on it's, yeah. it's, it's a different sort of yeah. layer model really isn't it I mean the, the content is present somewhere it's connected on the internet and you're accessing it via that it's like I mean, one of the things is obviously like audio home someone asked me last night is, you know, I was downloading some of my pictures from a holiday mm-hmm. on my computer and they said oh do you have a backup of that and I said well I've got a backup kind of there in another <laughs> computer at home but I mean I was thinking well yeah I'd like to back it up on the internet mm-hmm. but you either pay and I do pay for Apple, some you know, I get ten gigs of storage or something, but mm-hmm. you've got to pay for the storage somewhere, and then you, assume, mm. or you go to you know, you put it on your Google, you email all your photos to Google or something, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. or Flickr or something like that. But I guess people are using it more, not to communicate, which was email, but they're mm. using it to share information and content. And I would argue most times I go to the internet, it's not to communicate, it's to read or research. I suppose. Yeah, I agree with that. Stuff. Research is probably um, my primary use of the internet. Entertainment. Some, but pretty much TV is still their entertainment. Well, I was uh, looking at a few YouTube clips last night, um, having to speak. Well, you have got an Apple TV, have you? you <laughs> I don't have an Apple TV. Yeah, that would have been handy. Have you done Juice yet? Have you got Juice installed? I don't have Juice installed. I have Babblegum installed, okay. but I have a Juice. I have to update my Juice license because now I have a a proper key from someone, so I need okay. to update that on my other computer and have a look at that. Uh, but I was having more fun on YouTube looking at what was what on earth could possibly have been so popular. Right. And one, of the, one of the clips was some baby that was laughing, and that was it, like 21 million views. Unbelievable. But that's the lemming effect, Ian. <laughs> everyone watches it because no, everyone because watches it. You just go, oh, what's the most popular? <laughs> that's right. And that's it, but it's probably the baby laughing or crying or whatever is probably, what, 20 seconds? About a minute, yeah. About a minute. Did you, did you go the whole distance? Or? I did. I was going, surely something interesting <laughs> happens. Something like, you know, I don't know, the baby kind of gets up and walks or something. I don't know. Come on. <laughs> the baby. Nothing. You just laugh. <laughs> I mean, I had a funny kind of adult sort of laugh, which I think was the funny thing, but... Jeez, anyway. And you told me about it and hundreds of and listeners. And, uh, <laughs> and there we go. Oh, baby laughing. That's, that's right. That's viral marketing for you, isn't it? It is indeed. Um, so, um, oh, the other thing... Um, which maybe we could talk about is um, Locate TV, which is something which I've I've got on a beta for, Mm -hmm. um, which is... uh Quite a cool thing at the moment, which is... I um, don't really need that service because I walk in my TVs where it's, it's always there. been. Oh. No, but this is, this is, I think, for the... I mean, as I think I mentioned before, I'm, I'm into Heroes at the moment. Mm-hmm. And so this is a service where you can just say, I want to watch Heroes, and it'll tell you when it's next on. Right. And it's, it's an internet-based service, so it's okay. not really... Um, but I think we, that's one to watch. Anyway, I think it's quite interesting. And it okay. seems to work for me. Uh, beta testing at the moment. Um, private beta, but I think there'll be a public beta coming up soon. So keep you informed about that. Interesting. So that's locate.tv? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Have a look and see that. Um, the other thing on content stuff is Google, I guess after they, maybe a segue from YouTube, there is, mm-hmm. after having acquired YouTube, they've decided to bin the Google video service. Well, they said at the start they were going to keep it around, but obviously not quite. 
Yeah, and they've been um, doing some quite bizarre things because obviously people have bought content, and I think it was a perpetuity license, not a kind yeah, of. Yeah, you get to. And they've offered a two dollar credit or something All right. for people who've bought stuff on Google Checkout, apparently, which is the PayPal yeah. equivalent. Yeah, I've used Google Checkout actually. They had some deals where you got you know significant discounts off stuff <laughs> if you used it, but um, so. Yeah, it was. Um, so what does that mean? All these people well, can't I, watch I'd be this gutted stuff. Yeah. I, it's like suddenly finding, you know, it'd be like Apple saying, "Okay, uh, actually, we're binning iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't listen to anything you've ever bought from here before." <laughs> That's a bit of a bugger. Um, so I mean, maybe they've just looked at. Maybe they're shutting it down because two dollar credit. The most anyone's ever bought from it is like a one dollar thing. <laughs> right, so it's really right. not not so much an issue. And YouTube is obviously so so much way more popular than Google Video itself for in terms yes. of sharing videos and stuff. Yeah. Well, I guess so, but. Um, I, guess I still think it's that's is that Google being evil? Oh, I don't know. I mean, because that's you know, don't be evil is their motto. It doesn't sound particularly at least slightly <laughs> annoying, you know. Well, I think I'd be. <laughs> you'd be I, I mean, maybe if you download it. to own and you burnt it on a DVD or something. Mm. Um, but you know, this is the DRM thing. You know, after the fifteenth of August, you will no longer be able to view your purchased or rented videos. Jeez. So I mean, I guess that means you can't watch them offline anyway. You have to watch mm. them online. So, so the DRM. The anti-DRM activists are saying, ah, oh, this is another reason why DRM needs to go. Yeah, DRM is not good. Um, but then, was it a beta? I'm not sure. It probably it was. That's always a beta with Google. Yeah. Like their mail product, which <laughs> has, you know, a billion people on it, is still a beta product, so... Beta, 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 beta. So what do you um, do? What do you do when your content is encrypted and you can't get out of it, and by law, you're not allowed to decrypt it? You kind of stuff. Yeah, can you do a backup? We like buying your DVDs and popping them in the machine. And say, Sorry, can't watch these anymore. Which happens if you buy a player. Mm. If you bought, I mean, like if I bought content when I used to live in Asia, mm-hmm. bring it over here, whap it into my PlayStation Three. You can't watch this. Oh. I'm going what? But I own this. What's the problem? Oh, no. So interesting. Um, interesting. You're not supposed to move around. Ownership of content. Not supposed to move around. Not supposed to move. Yes, that's right. Uh, so moving on to IPTV. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Just a tiny little article which I thought was. Uh, interesting about how there's a bunch of providers in uh, India that are rolling out IPTV services. Yep. And we've talked about them a few times. Well, I'm not sure they're rolling out. You saw one when you were in Bangalore recently, or you didn't see, you heard about it. Mm. And there's there's the big players there, the MTNLs, the Reliance, and the Barty and stuff. Um, or BSNL, MTNL, and uh, Reliance. And they're all planning on doing IPTV services. Mm. Um, I guess it's another means for them to be able to uh, utilize the infrastructure they've had to put in place. Mm. But they reckon that uh, in 2006, the IPTV market in the Asia-Pacific region was worth about $353 million. Right. About half a billion dollars in 2007. And then they reckon that by 2013, it's going to be worth $3.3 billion. So it's going to be a sizable industry in the next five years, yeah, they reckon. India, Australia, and China. I mean, so that that's suggesting that Australia... That Telstra is going to go it alone, and and well, Telstra run the cable network for Foxtel in Australia, so yeah, you know, there's always been this kind of on-off deal where they might uh, be distributing Foxtel yeah. content over. Uh, some sort I, of I think the majority network. of this, the numbers here, and the impact here must come from Hong Kong and Japan. That's where this money I is. I would have thought so. Yahoo and yeah. um, PCW or, or now broadband. So Australia looks a bit iffy. China, well, they've China's got regulatory be issues because right. it's like. This is television, you know, this is owned by the state. You can't just stick it over your phone network. Ah, so they've okay. got issues there. India, very little last mile there. Mm. I mean, mm. 
when you speak to people about what's broadband in <laughs> India, it's 128k. But I understand there's more mobile phones in India than there are fixed yeah. lines. So I'm not sure about that. That is a prediction. No, it's I very bullish. Very bullish. It's, um, um, it's very And I'm sure you know, there are trials and things going on in India, but there's a lot of infrastructure stuff to be put in place there. Um, yeah. I mean, I think fundamentally with IPTV, I think it's going to come. I don't think we're there yet. I think we'll, we get to, we'll get to a point where when there's so much bandwidth through those mm. couple wires that you can't fit anything else down there and there's like 100 megabits per household or something, then then it'll be fine. But when you're still trying to push and scratch to get 8 megabits or even 16, you well, know... I, I think the problem gee. is more in the core network because, I mean, I can get 8 megabits now at home, but they won't give me 8 megabits. Worth of stuff. Oh, right, yeah, so I mean, you can't even get back to the... You yeah, can't, yeah. I mean... Yep. It just doesn't happen. But I'm puzzled about that because especially in England, like fiber, just lay some fiber and you've got as much bandwidth as no, you can. But I think they've got it, but there's the switching and the whole network needs uh, to upgrade. The yeah. core bandwidth simply cannot cope with peak demand. So mm. we must be rate shaped. I mean, must be. The, the, the fastest throughput I've had on my router at home is 400 kilobits per second, something like that. 400 kilobits, what's that? Not fast enough. Not fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> Not fast enough, that's what that is. Um, right, so, mobile TV. So, having dissed mobile TV, well, I think this is. I think we've got to try and categorise mobile TV into different areas because mm. mobile TV is broadcast mobile TV and there's TV to mobiles, which is... Right. You know, so, that you've got the DVB-H, you've got the, between the, two. the media flow, uh-huh. and you've got the um, DMBT mm-hmm. as opposed to IPTV, essentially, over a mobile data network. That's DBBH is essentially IPTV. Yeah, but it's a broadcast me- mechanism. Yeah, so in the same way that it is broadcast on an yeah, IPTV IP, network. And this is a multicast IP network, it is which is different. As opposed, I'm, talking, I'm trying to differentiate between multicast and ah, okay, unicast. Right, right, so, yeah, yeah. Um, Fair point. So Vodafone, O2 and T-Mobile plan to set up a mobile TV joint venture. Um, they're going to use DBBH, which I think makes sense. So they can all share the same infrastructure. Hmm. Because if it's broadcast, they can't all have their own... Because it's, oh, it's exactly. frequency <laughs> dependent in broadcast, though, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Whereas right. in unicast, they might... I don't know, at the moment, do the networks share their infrastructure? Or not? I think they have separate... Uh, they, they, they share they, the towers, but that's they about share, it. Right? They're forced to share towers these days. Yeah. Um, but even then... They have their uh, own fibre uh, and they have everything that, else. It's all, it's all their own stuff, I yeah, think. So yeah. There's very little interoperability. I think seeing Vodafone O2 and T-Mobile all playing isn't ball together... It's frustrating when you, you, know, you get a mobile phone and... You get. Why shouldn't you just get coverage from the nearest network? Why can't you roam and in your own country? Exactly, and this is my argument. I, I love when you go to another country and you're roaming around and you get the best of everything. Uh, you, I mean, you, you, you pay for the it. strongest one. You pay well, for you it. Do, you do true. pay for it. But I mean, uh, I, I, anyway. I'm surely it's, it's very possible to do it. It's the billing interconnects and things like that. And they, uh, it's all details. Yeah. Still, if they can share a DBH network in Germany, then it can be done anywhere. I reckon. Yeah, and, and that kind of in, in, in my eyes, that's what happens with DVBT. Mm-hmm. There's a common infrastructure True. with different services provided. Like in the UK, True. there's Freeview, there's Top Up TV, True. and different yep. multiplex providers. So I don't that think seems a, to work. it does work indeed. So at least that way you've got uh, the three major carriers in Germany having a go, providing the one service. Uh, everybody wins. It's good. Maybe it'll work. <laughs> you never know. So, uh, gaming, uh, have you logged into Sony Home? No, I was trying to look at it the other day to see what was going on. I was checking out my... Apparently, there was a Wii software update last week when I was on holiday. Yeah, I haven't checked it out yet. 1.3. It didn't sound apparently too exciting. Apparently, the weather appears or something and... Yeah, you get the, the weather. Lights flash or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm... You know, who knows? I must uh, must Wii soon. 
Um, so what's all this? Diesel and Nike are going to be in Sony's home network, which is home we've heard a lot of talk about. It's supposed to launch in October. Is this virtual world online community. Okay, second life for gamers. Kind of. And I think I the idea with home is that you have your, for your PlayStation 3, you have a home, mm-hmm. uh, which is, they're saying it's like a room, but maybe it's, and you get stuff to put in your room based on games. So you get to certain levels oh, in right. games and you get virtual objects because you play. Really? Okay. Um, I didn't realize that. That's cool. I don't know, you get medals or something or stickers right. or posters or something that you can stick in your virtual home. Right. But I guess you can go outside of your home and have a look at everyone else's yeah. medals and stuff. Or makes, I mean, presumably if it's like a virtual world, you can create and connect cool. to other people and you can mm-hmm. decide your home is, you can share your home with your buddies and this kind of stuff. But obviously that doesn't make any money for Sony because I think this is supposed to be free. Right. So, okay, so having Nike and Diesel there is some sort of advertising, I presume. Yeah, well, I mean, you use buy products. There you go. Well, like Second Life, where you can, a lot of people are setting up real businesses there to try mm-hmm. and sell products and services. So um, they're, I guess, hoping to identify. Because I, I don't know if you remember the PlayStation 3 launch, but it was very, kind of, I would say, esoteric, the advertising <laughs> for it. It was all these kind of lifestyle right. things. And right. it was like it was one of these kind of, what is it I'm actually watching here? Okay. And only at the end does it say, welcome to playstation 3 or something right your, you know your world or something like that so i think it's quite um interesting to see what happens there <laughs> i mean uh, well we've dabbled in second life i had a, another uh, i haven't done some second life for a while since i went to a, so this virtual conference on it but i was i was given a name check in the press as there seemed to be someone at the conference who was on fire that was me really <laughs> yes <laughs> that's cool because I'd been to some virtual club and, and got flamed like someone gave me <laughs> well someone gave me some flames I think, I think the idea fantastic. was that when you teleport to a different location you're supposed to go up in a puff of smoke or something <laughs> but I found you could fire. just I could, <laughs> and the guy told me to take the fire off because it was causing his server to have trouble rendering it on everyone because I think you have to host a world on your server oh right so all the avatars that are there whatever they're doing needs to be replicated out to all the other right the other participants who can see it so if you're on fire that's clearly burning a lot of pixels and stuff so, so, speak. so the guy told me to turn out the you know turn out the fire um, that's fantastic took me quite a while to work out how to do it actually but um, there we go um, so this is this is Second Life on PS3 when you get it you'll have to tell us about it and see if it's well it's not Second Life but it's it's home isn't it right it's a but it, virtual I, world I find it hard to believe it'll be as good as um Second life. If that's <laughs> if you can be as good as second life, I'm not sure about that. Oh Bit bizarre. Um, and finally, and finally, uh, yeah, I did a little interview with um, uh, Multi Channel News. Um, it was last week or just before I went on holiday, and there's a little mm-hmm. article came out. I've I've been quoted as being. Um, we wouldn't we all like to get naked and go live in a cave? <laughs> I thought that was quite good. <laughs> Um, but I won't blow my own trumpet too much uh, let you read it in the show notes um, so, so that's cool um, and do let us have any feedback now we have had some feedback we, we do yeah. where did I put it <laughs> here somewhere we had some feedback uh, via our thing it's feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com that's right that's right and uh, we, we talked a little about steganography and we were you were debating is steganography something to do about dinosaurs or that's right or writing things remember, anyway, it has been by um, Shabtai at Lowe has clarified it for us and he said um, stenography is the method of taking shorthand uh-huh. stegosaurus is a dinosaur <laughs> and steganography 
is the art of hiding a message inside of another message. There so, you go. There we go. You didn't actually include the bit about the dinosaur. I had <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, we've got some feedback from Rob Fisher, who uh, we were dissing Vista in our last episode, but he reckons it's all right. He has a bit of fun with it at home. Very little trouble, he reckons, and it's the most... He reckons it's the most successful Windows release ever, but uh, there you go. And uh, Rob's had got a theory in terms of the Spectrum auctions in that uh, back in oh, the yeah. old days, the old days being 30, 50 years ago, uh, people just grabbed a bunch of Spectrum and used it how they wanted, and if they didn't work, then they had to you know, negotiate with other people. And reckons that uh, wouldn't it be great if we went back to those old days, but... Uh, I think the government's uh, making too much money out of Spectrum these days. To yeah, come I, know, I it, think I've, said, go out there. I've said before about you know, some governments are hoping to sort of balance their deficits by reselling Spectrum and the whole 3G mm. telephone auction, billions and billions spent. And lost. Um, and lost. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So that'll be uh, interesting. I think there's, there's a scope. You'd like to think it'd be a free-for-all. You could just go and get it use it but i was even reading some stuff about um again maybe on the sort of the green stuff as well mm. about in um airplanes looking to use more wireless technology and principally this is to put um you know the switches when you, f- you, know, you fly a lot in i know mm. mr mr carbon basher <laughs> um you know when you press the call button to say bring me another glass of champagne yes um there's clearly a bit of wire that goes <laughs> I from that button. i need a button like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's a little bu- a bit of wire that goes from there right the way up probably in and out of the airplane and eventually comes back and lights the light above the seat yes and obviously everyone has those bits of wire and it a huge amount of weight in the plane mm. is used by copper transferring the signal. So they said, you know, well, let's have wireless ones. Um, mm. And it helps not only by reducing the weight on the plane, mm-hmm. but also you can move the seats around a lot quicker because at the moment you can't move the seats around because there's all I these... Can imagine, yeah. You can't reconfigure the plane very quickly. So they're saying, put these little buttons in where a bit like, um, you know, piezo things where you click it mm-hmm. um, and it generates a current and that generates and it will send a little transmission right. up. But it has to be kind of one way. So, you know light on light off doesn't mm-hmm. it's not state aware but saying there's companies that are doing this um because uh, architectures like zigbee and bluetooth mm-hmm. are fine but they're, they're not really power efficient mm. so they rely on having to wake up and go down so i thought that was quite an interesting thing on airplanes that just on airplanes having buttons or sensors that mm. listen or, or even act on vibration so when something moves they send a signal because they get the power mm. from the movement and say hey we're moving so like in Australia mm-hmm. you know on your large sheep ranch you might have a huge fence around it <laughs> actually now, I, I was corrected this week in fact there aren't any ranch ranches in Australia what are all stations there. okay sheep stations. stations sheep stations so there I mean if you've got the problem of you've got a hundred mile fence mm-hmm. and you want to know if the fence is broken that's a good point uh, you could put sensors on it but they need loads of batteries so if you had mm-hmm. something that just when the fence broke it sent a message saying hey I've broken <laughs> that would be very cool then you'd know so anyway bit of a bizarre aside um, but do keep that feedback coming yep feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com it's great to have your feedback on anything and everything if you think we should be talking about something or you've got some corrections it'd be great to hear from you yeah, and we look forward to talking to you in Couch 54 alright bye from Ian bye from James <laughs>